And I, the thing I think that stood out to me most uh, was our Christmas Eve services. I really enjoyed those. Those were, I thought, really honoring to our Lord and um, the music that was played and just the, uh, you know, the expressions of joy on people's faces as we were celebrating the birth of our, our Lord. Um, I thought that was really special. I could mention quite a few other things that really stand out to me, but that uh, was one that I thought that was one of those memorable times. We need to be much in prayer for our body. Uh, just a lot of things going on right now. I know Dan Lynn and a crew are going to Ireland. Um, I know Dave and Karen Hartman are, I believe, in Kenya now. At least they're on their way there. Um, Don Bauman, Dave Pyle, Cynthia, I don't know who else from the church, but several people from different churches in the area are going over to Paradise uh, to the campfire for um, a few days and ministering to people who are who, who uh, lost everything in terms of materially. And uh, that, is, that is so good that we are able to, um, that people in our body have been moved by the Lord to uh, respond like that. And uh, so I just, um, I, I think of all the, the things that are, are uh, resuming the, the small groups. Um, uh, we really want you in a small group. Um, one of the reasons for that is because when something takes place in your lives, sometimes we as a body are not aware of that. But if you're in a small group, that small group can minister to you, with you, pray for you, pray with you. And um, we just see the value of being in a, a small group, and we hope that you'll sign up for those. It's a, you know, it's it's a two-month commitment, and uh, we would just ask you to sign up, um, to, to sign up and start attending right right now during this month. Uh, attend a Bible study. I know the Bible Basics Blitz is resuming on Tuesday night, and but there are a lot of Bible studies that are resuming right now. We have a lot of things offered for men and women and you know families, and so uh, we would love for you to join a, a Bible study. Um, so, Lord, we, we come to you this morning acknowledging that you are at work. I think probably every one of us can give an example from the uh, Scripture uh, and, and just these past two weeks about how you have used us, how we have shown up, how we have trusted you and shown up when we found you using us in people's lives and giving us opportunities to share the good news of Jesus Christ. I thank you that we were able to do that as a body of believers during our services throughout this, this two-week period, and I thank you that we were able to do that as individuals and share the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus has come. Our Savior has come and dealt with what needed to be dealt with so we could be right or just with you. So I, uh, I thank you for being able to uh, uh, just share... Um, share with fellow believers. There's a lot of people that are in our hearts. Uh, some, some don't want to be, uh, they, want to, they want to be prayed for, they just don't want to be known. And so we, we want to uh, respect their, their privacy there. But uh, there are many people who are on our hearts right now. Um, those that are saved and those who aren't. And so I uh, thank you that we can pray it's a great, 
it's a great um, privilege to be able to do that. And uh, it's good to pray these things in the name of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. <laughs> I, uh, many of you know this, but these four chapters are the chapters that the Lord has used most in my own life. Um, I could kind of give a running commentary on over the years how the passage we're looking at today and next week and the week after and just uh, just kind of the, the flow of the years. And so as I, as I teach through Romans chapters 5, 6, 7, and 8, um, it's going to be a, a kind of a combination Bible teaching and we have those uh, two-sided handouts in your bulletin and we hope you take those home and go through those again as an individual or maybe with your family. I consider these for Christians the most important chapters of any in the Bible in terms of understanding uh, God's plan for us, who he's made us, um, the results of being justified by, by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this is going to kind of be a, a combination of Bible teaching, but also my growth story. It's an interesting verse in Hebrews chapter, chapter 5, verse 8. And so let me just read the context of it. In the days of Jesus' flesh, he offered up both prayers and supplications. That simply means petitions with loud, with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his piety. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. Jesus, of course, was never disobedient, but he learned obedience. He learned obedience to his father, to do his father's will, to seek his father's will and to do his father's will. And suffering was one of the things that God used to perfect his son. And we're going to look at that today in this passage. How does God use pressures? The word means a pressing. It's called, it's translated tribulation here. If you say, if somebody says they're tribulating, that means they're under a lot of pressure. <laughs> but God uses that as part of our growth process to grow us up. And so I, I pray that we grasp these different studies. We're just going to be covering five verses today. <laughs> I could go a long time on these verses. I'll, for your sake, I won't. But it's like the Apostle Paul, as he begins this chapter, he's, he's been writing and he says, you, you can be right or just with God himself. And you can do that by faith in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to have the person who did it, Jesus, and you've got to have the work that he did on the cross. But you, every person, can be made right or just by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And it's like Paul's saying, because of my clear reasonings, because of the argument I used out, because we've been in a courtroom and we've seen every human being is guilty before God. They're guilty of suppressing his truth. They're guilty of not honoring him as God or giving thanks to him. Because of my clear reasonings in chapters 1 and 2 and part of chapter 3, but then also we brought in the work and the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did. So I'm assuming you, by faith, have called upon Jesus' name. And it's like Paul saying, I commend you. I commend you for making that decision. It's life-changing in all ways. You are now right or just with God himself. And yet it's like when he starts into chapter 5, it's like he says there's so much more to God's good news. Don't stop with just becoming right or just with God. That's a wonderful truth and you need to do that in order to get started in the Christian life. But, but don't stop there. That's just the beginning. <laughs> there's, there's so much more. He uses much more three times in chapter five. There's so much more to God's good news. A writer that I appreciate very much is John R. W. Stott, and he says these four chapters, chapters 5, 6, 7, and 8, are without doubt among the greatest and most glorious chapters of the whole New Testament. These four chapters depict the great privileges of justified believers, of men made new, the rich inheritance both now and in eternity, which is ours if we are Christ's. End of quote. And so as you start into chapter 5 here, we start seeing the results of having been justified by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I ask on the, on the handout, what are even more results, including those fiddles, you know, the F-H-D-I-L-S, uh, that stands for forgiveness of sins, hearts made new, you know, direct access to God, an intimate relationship with God, the law written on our hearts and on our minds, and the Holy Spirit coming to indwell us. Uh, that, that's what took place when you became a Christian. But what are even more results of being justified by faith in Jesus? And that's what we're going to see in these chapters. And we're going to learn to exalt I know some translations use the word rejoice there, but it's bigger than rejoice. Joyce, rejoice is included in that, but it's, it's kind of like exalt has the idea of boasting, uh, uh, you know, confidence. It's like, God, you're awesome. I, I don't even know how to express it. It's just who you are. It's how you're using what's going on in my life, and it's what my future looks like. And so we learn to exalt in our future and in our pres- even in our present troubles and finally in God himself. So chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we exalt in hope of the glory of God. And he begins by saying, therefore, having been justified by faith, it is a past event. It's once for all settled. 
If you have by faith come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are justified. You are, are what the Bible calls, you know, righteous with God. And since that's true, you see, by Jesus' death on the cross, he satisfied all the demands of the case against every human being. And we exalt in who God is and what he's done and what he's doing and what he will do. And so the first three results of having been, been justified by faith in Jesus, this past event, this once-for-all event, that's the way it's written. You don't have to do it over and over again. It's once for all done. But the first three results, the first one deals with the past. We have permanent peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I put that on your handout. Past, we have permanent peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I just, I've certainly reflected on it in the past, but I've just really been going through these, these thoughts, you know, permanent peace with God. That in many ways the war is over. <laughs> the, 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 the case has been settled. I, I've gone from the courtroom to the family room. I've gone from God being my judge, doing his right, just work, to him being my father. I'm in the family room with him. I can go to him, I can be there all the time. That everything is right between God and me. Peace includes contentment and wholeness and harmony. By the way, it's not a, it's not a feeling. Sometimes say I don't, some people say, well, I don't feel peace about it. I, I don't care how you feel about it, to be very honest. I don't think God does either. Are you going to act on the peace that we have? God says we have peace between us. You're in my family room. You're not in the courtroom anymore. Everything's right between us. And what this means is if you're doubting your, your peace with God, the way back is not by, by working on your feelings. The way back is going and reviewing your justification. The Bible says because you by faith have received Jesus as Lord, you have peace with God. That's the fact. Whether you feel like it or not, that's the fact. God, thank you for the peace the contentment and the wholeness and the harmony that I have with you. That's just the, that's just number one. We've got a lot more to look at. The second thing he, he mentions in verse two is present and Jesus has brought us into this place of undeserved access where we now stand. It's a permanent position. We're, we're there we stand there safe and confident and secure in God's presence and grace. There's this continual access to God and his resources. It's like Jesus took each one of us by the hand and he said, Father, let me introduce you to, 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 to Wayne. Here, you know, I'm, I'll pretend I'm Jesus for a second. But I would take your hand and I would say, hey, Wayne, let's go. And I'd take you into the Father's presence and I'd say, let, let me introduce you, Father, 
to wane. He's been justified by faith in me. He's, he belongs to the family. He belongs. And we stand there secure and certain. He's now an heir. He's a son or daughter with full rights and privileges. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, when we're in time of great need, draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Direct access to God. And so we have this permanent peace with God and we have this direct access, this undeserved access to God and all of his resources. And then the last part of verse 2 talks about the future. It says we exalt in hope of the glory of God. The word hope in the scripture is not a, an uncertainty. It's a certainty. That it's a certain thing that just hasn't taken place yet. And so we are, what I put on your handout is we are confidently, joyfully certain of seeing and sharing God's glory. Glory is the essence of who God is. It's what we had fallen short of, we saw back in chapter 3, verse 23, until we came to know Jesus as Lord. But now we are joyfully certain of not only seeing but sharing God's, the essence of who God is. We will in full measure share God's glory. So just in these two verses, you have God's peace and you have God's grace and you have God's glory, all ours because of Jesus Christ. It's like, Father, to enter into your family room, to enter into your throne room, to be in your presence permanently, these certainties are incredible. They're just, they're just incredible. And Jesus, thank you for for making possible all these things, these results, by who you are and what you did on that cross. We could stop right there. I'm not going to, but we could. Because those are, those are such enriching truths, mind-boggling truths. Peace with God. Undeserved access to God, a future with God. And it's like Paul says, okay, let's, let's talk a little bit about what you're going through as Christians. Let's talk about those pressures you're currently experiencing. And let me explain to you God's view and use of those in your life. And so chapter 5, verse 3 says, and not only this, not only do we exalt and hope the certainty of the glory of God, but not only this, we also exalt in our tribulations. That's a word that means pressing, pressure. Kind of, you know, just putting your hand on something and pressure. But it says, we exalt in our tribulations knowing something, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance proven character and proven character hope and hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now, 
And Paul is saying here, I want you to know something. I want you to know there's this maturing process going on in your life. And basically, the maturing process, not the pressures themselves, but, but the, the maturing process is, is developed from God's love. He's, he, out of his love for you, he's using the hardest times you can possibly go through I don't care whether it's his family, I don't care whether it's physically, I don't care if it's mentally or emotionally, it doesn't matter. God is using whatever pressure is going on in your life right now to grow you up and conform you to the image of Jesus Christ. And we've got to begin looking at pressures from that point of view, otherwise they destroy us. They overwhelm us. We have to understand and practice. But we need to understand what God is, how God is using even the pressures in our lives to grow us up. And he begins by saying we, we should exalt in even the hardest things of life. <laughs> and you say, I, I, I can't do that. Well, then you need to know something. Notice what he says there, knowing. Knowing something. Knowing is the key. How, how does God use pressing situations? And I think the place we start is, well, at least one of the places I start is I, I look, I, I remember who my God is. Remember in chapter 4, Right before this, he explained Abraham's faith in, in, in who his God was. His God is the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. We need to start with my God. God, you're the, you're the God who, who gives life to the dead and you call into being that which does not exist. And so God, with this pressure I'm going through, if something needs to be created out of nothing, you can do that. If there needs to be something raised from the dead, you can do that. That's the kind of God you are. And so when I realize who is using these pressings in my life, I understand I understand what God out of his love is doing because I understand him. I think the biggest growth in my own personal life is not in terms of my understanding of the Bible. It's my, been my understanding of who God is. He's so big. And it just seems to get bigger as the years go by. I realize he's not getting bigger. He is who he is. But it sure seems that way to me. When we get to know who our God is and that he's committed to our growth, then we'll, we'll become convinced that he knows what he's doing and where he's taking us. We may be scratching our heads. We may not, you know, we, we may not be able to understand what's going on, but God is at work. He is. God's at work. And the process goes from pressure 
to perseverance, to proven character, to certainty. That's the process. And it says here, you know, exalt in our, our tribulations uh, because tribulation brings about perseverance. Perseverance is a word that means to abide under. It means, it means, a, a, it means a steady, stable, not a reactor, patient type of person. Let me read those again. To abide under means a steady, stable, not a reactor, patient type of person. I remember when we went through this at a Friday morning's men's groups uh, many years ago, we went through perseverance and talked about it means being patient. And so I, I think we learned that lesson well because then as the years went by and sometimes I will ask the question, how can we pray for you? And, and people, some of them, a man will say, well, I, I, I need to be more patient. And the whole group would go, oh no, <laughs> you're asking for tribulation. You're asking for pressure in your life. It was funny, as long as it wasn't me they were talking to. <laughs> but that's what this, this perseverance does. Tribulation brings about, that's a, tribulation is a starting point, pressure is a starting point. It brings about perseverance, endurance. It, it enables you to keep going in a difficult class or a difficult job or a difficult marriage, or a difficult government, or a difficult neighborhood. A pressing is where God starts. But when he uses, as he's using that pressing, that pressing that's taking place in our lives, eventually we're going to start seeing some changes in our lives because we're going to find ourselves more steady, stable, not a reactor, patient type of person. And then he says what perseverance brings about, it means strength of or proven character. It's proven character. It means to be tested. It's used of a metal, testing a metal and coming out approved. Not disapproved, approved. It means you end up meeting God's specifications. You're reliable, you're experienced, you're a veteran. God is producing the outward image of Christ in you. Again, pressures are his starting point. That's the reason we should exalt or say, God, you're awesome. Look how you're using what's going on in my life. It so, seems so overwhelming to me. It just seems like such a burden. But, but God, I realize you're at work and I understand who you are and I understand you could remove this if, if, that was, if that was best. But if you haven't chosen to do that, then you're using that in my life. And then the last part of verse 4, what does proven character bring about? And it says the answer there is hope or certainty. We become certain that God's not going to give up the job uncompleted. That God is making us men and women who are absolutely confident in him. You 
You see, our, our spirits were made alive by Jesus when we were justified. We were given a new heart. We were made a new person, God's new creation. And now our Father wants that new life to be revealed, and he begins with using the pressure that's taking place in our lives. And he wants to make that new life that we have, you know, evident in our thoughts and in our words and in our choices and in our behavior. And by the way, I personally, I think as we grow up, I, I don't think life becomes easier. I think it gets harder. But that's just evidence that God is using that now to grow me up, to make me confident in him alone. And that hope, that certainty never disappoints or makes, make, makes us ashamed. It's showing us here that nothing is wasted. Nothing. There's nothing taking place in your life or my life that is wasted. God's using it to grow us up. He's using everything to conform us to the image of Jesus. And so again, what should be our focus during this process? And I think that's revealed in verse 5, and that, that what should be our focus is God and his love. His unconditional love is behind his development program in our lives. One way God's love is proven is by the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That was one of the results as part of FIDLS, F-H-I-D-L-S. Um, when the Holy Spirit entered our lives at conversion, he was given to us a past event. That's the way it's written there in the, in the Greek language, he was given to us, it's this past event, he was given to you once for all. The Holy Spirit came to live in your body when you were justified by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit lives in every Christian's body. He lives in your body and in my body if we, if we by faith have known Jesus as Lord, come to know him as Lord. So he lives within us, but the Bible indicates he poured out and continues to pour out God's love within our hearts. It's a word that means flood. He's flooding, he's flooding our hearts with his love all the time. All the time. And the Holy Spirit is there to remind us that God loves you. And nothing is wasted in your life, not even pressures. And so the question becomes for us, how do we respond? How do you respond to pressures? How do I respond to the pressings that take place in my life? Some of us panic. Some of us ask, why me? Some of us say, I don't deserve this. We realize if we rebel, it hurts ourselves and it hurts others. If we merely try to, you know, put on a happy face, endure, there is no growth. But the Bible says we're to exalt. 
because we see God working out his growth plan. So according to verses 2 and 3, we're to exalt in the end, glory, and we're also to exalt in the means to the end, pressures. And how you react and how I react depends upon our focus. I heard this illustration many years ago, and I think it really fits. The leaders of Rome couldn't see Michelangelo's mind as he worked on the marble sculptures. The Romans dragged in these huge chunks of marble. They stood them upright, and Michelangelo went to work, and he chipped away so much of the marble that they felt they weren't getting their money's worth. <laughs> look, look at all the waste. And Michelangelo responded, as the chips fall, the image emerges. And so our prayer needs to be what? Chip away, God. Chip away. And so our response, when the next time a pressure comes, or maybe you're under one right now, maybe you're under a lot during Christmas and New Year's, we need to say, oh, that's, that's how God is using. That. God, this is how you are using. This is what you're using in my life to grow me up. So what's taking place in my life may not be taking place in my mate's life or my child's life or my parent's life or a friend's life or anybody else's life, but it's the way you're using those pressures in my life. So God, thank you. I exalt in you. I boast in you. You are awesome. So what are we focusing on, the chips, the falling chips, or the image God is creating? We tend to look at the chips. What we'd consider loss or failure or waste, God says this is valuable. It's even necessary in your life. <laughs> Times of testing are defining moments because they're being used by God to develop stable, steady, experienced, reliable, certain veterans and the final writing in point on your bulletin, he's out of his love using even the hardest things about life for our growth. So what's being revealed in you? What's being revealed in me? I put on the handout as well as the back-to-back -back thing there, the, the conclusion there, the secret of exalting is having the right focus. Remember the justifying, life-giving, creative, gracious, loving God we have. When you see or understand your glorious future, when you see or understand even pressures as being part of God's unique growth process, and when you see or understand who your reconciling God is, we, you can exalt and you'll be the most contagious person on earth. At the end of each service, we always have a couple of people up here that will pray with you. We'll continue that all year. We want to pray with you. Maybe you just wouldn't need to ask. Maybe the person you came with today, you just might want to say, hey, I'm under a lot of pressure right now. I want to look at this in the way that God wants me to, 
how God's using that in my life. I, w- I do want to exult in him. We'll have somebody to pray with you. Um, if you don't want to pray with somebody or maybe there isn't a need today, um, there's coffee and donut holes available over at the other building. We hope you will and, you know, um, become a part of a Bible study and or a connect group. We'd love to have every person in the church involved in one of those two things, at least one of those two. I know many of us are involved in a couple of different things. I wrote the prayer out on your handout. It's on the bulletin. And so let's close in prayer. Our Father, when we see how you use even pressures to outwardly conform us to the image of your Son, what can we do except thank you again? You're making us individuals who will trust you in every circumstances, who will trust you with ourselves who will trust you with others. We want to get to know you and your development program is designed for that purpose. We shouldn't fear or dread pressures, but see your use of them. If it was best that they were removed, you're certainly powerful enough to remove them. So if they continue, that means we still have lessons to learn and you're going to make sure we learn them. Thank you for the wisdom, power, and love that stand behind every pressure. God, that is our prayer. It's our prayer as a church. It's our prayer for 2019. It's our prayer as individual Christians. There's someone here today who's never become right or just with you by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that today, at the beginning of this year, this would be the day. Thank you that we can praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.